Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Roar Lions Roar. I'm your host tonight, Craig Fritz. Surprise! And uh, joined tonight by the self-proclaimed Penn State tight end whisperer, Matt Flipovitz. Matt, how you doing, buddy? Craig, one of my favorite things to do any time of year is go to the movies. But I love it, especially in the summer. It's when blockbusters come out. So I've, I've seen Oppenheimer. Notably, yes. I've seen Barbie. Loved them both. Not a sponsor, but they could be. 10 out of 10. <laughs> but there's a movie coming out on Friday called The Last Voyage of the Demeter. I think it's called The Demeter. It's about <laughs> Dracula on a boat. And it's like the perfect movie, in my opinion, for like what I want out of a film. Uh, so I'm extra excited uh, that we are banking this podcast a couple days early so I can mentally prepare to watch a movie about uh, vampires on boats. Uh, so to answer your this question is like long-windedly, a... I'm good. You need like a 72-hour buildup to get ready ready for fangs on a boat. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. I am so excited <laughs> to see this movie. I don't I don't have any response to that. My goal was to derail you, know, before... you because you haven't hosted in a long time. <laughs> and I think I've done my job. <laughs> Fully derailed. Before we get into it, make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, any of your favorite podcast platforms. Um, we love to hear the feedback, building a nice community there on the YouTube channel. So hit us with your comments because inevitably we're going to, I mean, I'm old and have many children and don't even remember all the things that happened yesterday, let alone in Penn State's 2022 season. So um, call us out, make sure that we're uh, staying um, true to our form here and keep us, keep us on the straight and narrow. But today, 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 we are talking about a position that has been um, a, have enjoyed a bit of a renaissance at Penn State, and that is the tight end room. And so for a quick 2022 rundown, um, Matt, let's quickly go to the stats. Uh, for receiving, uh, tight ends were a large a large integral part here. Brenton Strange, 32 catches, five touchdowns, 362 yards. Theo Johnson, 20 catches, four touchdowns, 328 yards. Your boy, Ty Warren, 10 catches, 123 yards, and three scores. The prettiest 10 catches of the season. Uh, I'll say so myself. Before we go any deeper here into our 2022 rundown, obviously this is a lot of production. Let's see, 32, 52, 62 catches out of the tight end room. Pretty prolific as a group. Um, I just want to let everybody know that we did a fun thing where there was a seven-on-seven draft with Bill and Matt and each of them uh, could pick players of who would excel in a seven-on-seven Penn State tournament. And Matt's first pick was Ty Warren. So that's kind of like the ethos uh, of Matt that we're dealing with right now. It wasn't so, even it wasn't even my first pick, Craig. This was the first overall pick. I had first, first over, go at excuse it, me, and I sorry. went with uh, a tight end who wears number forty-four, <laughs> who can run, can throw, and clearly can catch. Um, so quickly going over those stats, a great room, obviously Brenton strange has moved on to the NFL. Um, but Matt, what was your 2022 tight end highlight? I really love that all three of them got involved. Like when your was hired, I think there was this pretty big concern that he was coming from offenses that didn't really utilize the tight end that much. I always thought the reason was kind of because 
at Oklahoma State, he had elite high-level NFL receivers and multiple of them at a time, like dudes who were going to play. Tylen Wallace, if you think back, going back, James Washington to Oklahoma State. When he was at Ohio State, insert Ohio State receiver here, sure. probably played in the NFL. Uh, that one year at Texas, it was the COVID year. He had Sam Ellinger. It's a bit of a different scenario. So to watch in year two, to see Brenton Strange and Theo Johnson be able to coexist, it was interesting. Strange was clearly the lead dog in that pack to start the year. Johnson started the year, we believe injured. He didn't play in the first couple of games, right. a little bit banged up. And as the year went on, they eventually met like ships in the night and had about equal production. And then towards the end, Theo Johnson surpassed that. And I think that was a pretty good pass. I think everybody got what they needed out of this season. Bretton Strange played his way into a day two pick. Theo Johnson gets to have this offseason of hype for a potential breakout. And then you add in Tyler Warren, who I have a very big affinity for guys who do multiple things at a high level. The fact that the playbook still has Tyler Warren wildcat, the fact that Tyler Warren was a guy to catch a pass out of the T formation, I think one of two last year, I think just him and Catron caught balls out of the T formation. And the fact that there were multiple times in one-on-one coverage where Clifford just, there was no read. It was ball out to Tyler Warren. That is a big deal. He's a converted quarterback, still learning the position. And he clearly has ball skills they cannot teach. So to see all of them go out there and produce in the role they were asked for, it was the perfect tight end season for me. And I I cannot wait to see how they build upon it. The perfect tight end season for you Mm -hmm. so far. So far, exactly. Uh, Let's not be remiss to say that um, Khalil Dinkins also got into eight games and caught four balls for 53 yards and a touchdown his first of his career. Um, you touched on this with Yersich coming from, um, you know, places that had prolific um, passing offenses and didn't really include the tight end. But what has impressed you um, with his evolution to come to embrace this room and this skill set at Penn State? I think part of it was, especially going back to 2021, Clifford needed it. Like Clifford very clearly was not fully healthy. They had to take some pressure off of him. They had to change the offense a bit to where the throws weren't so much, let's chuck it over the top. It was more so, let's hit these intermediate routes. And that's where the tight ends found their groove. And then, again, to see it evolve to where Bretton Strange caught balls down the field. Ty Lauren had a touchdown against Michigan State, which was one-on-one coverage down the field. Theo Johnson emerged as a downfield threat. So to watch the way he said, you know, what the offense needed in 2021 versus what it needed in 2022 were two very different things from that position. And to watch it be successful in two different years with three players, all with three relatively different skill sets, again, to all produce, just shows that he understands what the tight end room has to be. It's kind of made me change my perception of him as a, as a play caller. I always thought it was Mike Yurtich doesn't want good tight ends, or not want, but he doesn't, you know, his offense doesn't need good tight ends to succeed. And and that's probably still the case. But if you have these guys, he clearly knows enough ball to go out there and use them efficiently. Tight end at this point to me, especially a guy like Theo Johnson, is a glorified receiver. His blocking got better. Don't get me wrong. But they'll line Theo Johnson, you know, in a traditional X receiver position. They'll line him all the way up outside on the ball. They're not afraid to line him up, you know, in like the modern up back where he's just a little bit off the tackle and he can go in there and help chip a guy on a block and then, you know, work to the middle of the field. So 
just to watch the way he's made the tight end a very unique and modern part of his offense is just exciting to me. And I think it's going to be really beneficial for Drew Aller this upcoming fall. Speaking of things that would be beneficial for Drew Aller, it would be seeing everyone in the stands wearing something from the new home field Penn State drop. And I'm going to let you take over and give our fans the details of how they can make this great thing for Drew Aller happen. Craig, first of all, um, elite transition. That was that was a pro's <laughs> pro move right there. I'm very impressed. That was really well done. Uh, but Home Field Apparel, as Thank you all you. know, is our podcast sponsor. For YouTube viewers, I am rocking the Nittany Lions script logo. Uh, I'm going to see Bruce Springsteen tomorrow at Wrigley Field, and I will be wearing this shirt um, because of that photo of Bruce Springsteen where he's wearing overalls and a Penn State hat. And those overalls are not from Home Field Apparel, but you can find some awesome Penn State gear from our friends at Home Field Apparel. They have, I want to say it's about 25 pieces in their Penn State collection by now. You know, t-shirts, crewnecks, hoodies, joggers, you name it, they have it. Unique logos, unique styles. I've actually never seen a Nittany Lions script logo like this. I've always seen the Penn State one. And I have a million shirts that say Penn State. This is the only shirt I have that just says Nittany Lions on it. And I like it a lot. So they have a lot of your favorite schools. They just dropped Kent State, home of now Penn State receiver Dante Cephas prior. They have Slippery Rock. They have a lot of these really historic programs, and they find a way to make you feel connected to your school. So for our listeners, you can get 15% off your first order with promo code RLR23. That's all caps, all one word. And again, just thank you to Homefield. They make some awesome stuff, and I am so excited to be rocking their gear again this fall. Excellent. Thank you. And that is for sure. The script, just to clarify, is in a tee and a hoodie, and they will both be mine by the time the year is out. Um, all right, let's get back into tight ends and move on. Um, you know, we've seen uh, quite a run of tight ends here at Penn State, going back to even when Bill O'Brien was the head coach. So, um, you know, a decade on, Kyle Carter had a cup of coffee in the NFL. Jesse James, significant impact in the NFL. Mike Gesicki, significant impact in the NFL, now reunited with Bill O'Brien, who recruited him to Penn State. Um, Pat Fryermuth, becoming you know, a, a legend in Pittsburgh in going into just his third season in the NFL. And um, Brenton Strange drafted on day two. And Theo Johnson looking poised to do the same. A lot of versatility in Ty Warren, the room with Khalil Dinkins, Jerry Cross, four-star recruits, Rappelier, um, Schaeffler, uh, excuse me, um, coming in for this season. And then four-star Luke Reynolds, actually the second, currently the second highest rated recruit in the class for 2024 by 24-7. Um, what do you think it is about Penn state that has um, become a bit of a tight end destination in the college football world. I think it's two things. I think it starts with when Bill O'Brien was hired, like it was coming out of the Patriots era where it was all two tight end sets. Like it was, it was the emergence of Gronk. It was Aaron Hernandez. It was these guys who made plays, won Super Bowls, and and did impressive things. And I think once you got Adam Brenneman, that five-star in, I know Kyle right. Carter was already in the program. I think Brenneman was the one who kind of put it over the edge. And that's a credit to him. They've really built a legacy in that room. And 
if you go through, you just rattled off all those names. This is a really lame way to, I think, to think about this, but all of those guys are pretty local to Penn State. Tight ends are coming from the North, I think, because football itself is getting a lot more athletic. I think these players who maybe would have been tackles 20 years ago are now these athletic tight ends who are big and fast and can run. Like, let's go through last year's roster. Bretton Strange, West Virginia, right outside of Western PA. Theo Johnson from Canada. Penn State's always done well in Canada. Tyler Warren, the mountains of Virginia, that footprint. Khalil Dinkins from Pittsburgh, currently on the roster. Jerry Cross is from Milwaukee. That's the outlier here. Joey Schlafer's from Eastern PA. Uh, Andrew Rappelier's from the um, New England area. So was Pat Fryermuth. So was Danny Dalton. I'll throw that name out there for some remember some dudes. Um, remembering Gesicki was from Jersey. Luke. Kyle Carter was from Delaware. Like it's just an area that just produces these kind of football players. And it's really to Penn state's benefit. Like the South produces receivers. Quarterbacks come from the West coast. The big 10, what was the old big 10 country was always linemen. And now it's linemen as tight ends as the game evolves and credit to, you know, Tyler Bowen to Ty Howell to these uh, tight ends coaches who identified this talent and, really went out there and made sure they all came to Penn State. So it's a room that has this really great tradition. I don't see it slowing down anytime soon. And I think the 2023 version of the Penn State tight ends could be the most productive, especially with a first-time starting quarterback. And I just think that's going to make the position even more, um, not position, the, um, the status of being a Penn State tight end even more important for recruits. Like, um Kasicki, Fryermuth, Strange. The last three starting tight ends have all been second round picks. Very few tight ends go in the first round. There's this track record now of Penn State being a place where you can produce in college, get developed, and go on and have a successful NFL career and get to that second contract. It's a great point. And uh, just to close the book on tight ends that either are or will soon be on the roster. Luke Reynolds is from Connecticut. So right in that uh, Northeastern mid-Atlantic, you know, footprint that you were talking about. Um, So now that we've talked through this a little bit, what are your expectations um, for this upcoming year, specifically for the two starters for Ty Warren we'll call them co-starters because they play so much. I think they should be thought of as co-starters. Absolutely, I think they should. And they they play so much, even though their touches are not necessarily indicative of one being of of two starters. But they play so much in such varied roles and positions and situations um, that I think you have to term them co-starters. So, Matt, tell me what what do you what do you foresee um, either statistically or um, However, whatever your benchmark will be for 2023, what are your expectations um, for those two players on the Penn State squad? Yeah, so I'll, I'll take it one by one. And and if you have any thoughts, Craig, just jump in. If you think I'm totally wrong, you know, let me know. But I think Theo Johnson has a chance to be the best tight end in America not named Brock Bowers. I think wow. at his size, he's 6'6". Latest update to the roster is like 265. Not many he's dudes huge. move the way he does at that size. To watch the way he came on, to watch the way he is going to have to be, he's the most known commodity as a pass catcher, I think, going into the year. You could say it's Lambert Smith. I think we know what Johnson, Johnson's produced consistently more often. That's where I'm going to give him the nod. So 
Stat-wise, he caught 20 balls last year. I think they're going to split it up amongst, you know, Theo, Tyler Warren, and Khalil Dinkins. So let's call it, let's call it 30 catches, I'll put it at for him. I'm going to put it at like over 450 yards. And I think he leads the team in receiving touchdowns. I think he's the one who okay. goes out there. And, you know, last year it was a tie. I believe it was between Brenton Strange and Mitchell Tinsley. So if you listen Correct. to the receivers podcast, which dropped yesterday, you know, I think uh, Trey Wallace is going to lead it from the receiver position. So I could see those two guys, you know, being very important parts of the offense. But I think Theo Johnson is just going to be a, a matchup nightmare. And then on the Tyler Warren point, a lot of this might be projecting. I, I don't think it is like I think about the big moments they went to Tyler Warren in. Let's think about the play before the Kevon Lee touchdown against Purdue. Craig, do you remember what that play was? Was it a fourth down? It was not a fourth down. But it was a it was a pass to Ty Warren. It was a pass to Ty Warren on a basically a modified curl. And this came after Warren had that drop on that Drew Aller layered throw. So there's clearly right. confidence in his abilities. Like they didn't say, all right, this kid's not ready for the limelight yet. They knew he could go out there and make a play on what ended up being, I would argue, the most important drive of the season. So clearly there's this expectation that he can compete and that he can produce. You think about Ohio State, there was a fourth and one play. There was no read. It was get the ball to Tyler Warren against a smaller corner and Tyler Warren made a play. There are these And that was such a that was such an interesting I watched actually the highlights of that yesterday. Mm-hmm. Jake Penninger misses a field goal. Mm-hmm. There's a penalty on Penn State. They push it back five yards. Misses a field goal again. There's a penalty on Ohio State. Goes back five yards to fourth and one. Franklin pulls Penninger off the field. Literally no read. Throw it to Ty Warren and expect him to just go up and make a catch. And he does. And he did. And he did. And then in the Michigan State game, this is, I think, one of my favorite plays. They were clearly giving a screen look. And essentially Warren pretends to stock block and then just shoots down the field. The safety comes over. It doesn't matter. Warren's ball skills are better. And he goes out there. He tracks it down. Penn State gets a touchdown. This is a guy who I know he caught 10 balls. I know you shouldn't really have this high expectations for a guy who's in going to be in year four and his career high is 10 catches. But I, I think that's more showing what was ahead of him than it was an indictment on his ability to go out there and produce. So for him, I think he'll double the catch number, at least 20 balls. Uh, I think three touchdowns is probably about right for essentially tight end number two. And there's a bigger role I want to talk about in this tight end room that I'm more fascinated by because I'm not even worried about Johnson or Warren. But but Craig, do you have any thoughts on those two guys? What, what are your expectations, well, I guess? I, I did want to ask you a follow-up yeah. to the Ty Warren expectations. We have a guy who, as you've noted, is a former quarterback. Mm-hmm has done all kinds of different things in this T wing, whatever you formation that Yurcich has developed, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Could you foresee the possibility of Ty Warren? Obviously he'll have a reception, but with rushing attempts and passing attempts to the tune that possibly would be the first player. I think since maybe Saquon Barkley in 2017, to have a receiving, passing, and rushing touchdown in the same season for Penn State. I think that's possible. Um, I think that's definitely could be. The T formation stuff. I'll address it right now. The T formation is the most fascinating thing about this room to me. The T formation works because the middle blocker who was not a running back and who was Brenton Strange last year gets guys out of the way. 
Strange was the best blocker from the tight end room. That was his role. Theo Johnson is the best receiver. He's not going to fill that role. Tyler Warren has the best ball skills. He's not going to fill that role. So you're going to go to Khalil Dinkins, maybe as the guy next, unless it's, I don't know, Trey Potts, unless you get really freaky and you put an offensive lineman back there, which sounds like in hell for a linebacker trying to come up and make this kind of play. So that's the biggest concern for me is who's going to fill this role. The T formation was fascinating. It was so much fun. It feels like it always worked basically because I can think of maybe two times it didn't. And I can think about eight times that it did. And you need that middle blocker to go out there and be able to handle that kind of chaos that's going to come when guys are bunched up in the T. So Khalil Dinkins is a guy I'm watching to fill that role. Maybe his role expands as that third tight end that Warren was. I think he's got decent enough ball skills. I haven't seen enough of him to say confidently yet, but you know, the early reports are good out of camp. And I think he's a guy who can go out there and, you know, if he pushes double digits and catches, you know, as a third tight end, and the fact that they can have multiple years with the third tight end still heavily involved in the offense, that'll be a great sign of health for this receipt for this uh, tight end room. Definitely. Uh, that's a great point. And uh, before we wrap up, real quick, I... who in this room do you like? Oh, go who ahead. in this room? Do you oh, like yes. The most? Sorry. I'm sorry. Say again. Who in this room do you like the most? Like who are your expectations highest for? And like, what are you expecting out of, let's just loop them together. Theo, Tyler Warren and Khalil Dinkins as a whole. Uh, I, I mean, Johnson is one of my favorite players on the roster. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the um, rapport that he built with Sean Clifford at the end of the season, I think if you look, watch the Rose Bowl tape, maybe Clifford's best pass of his career, if not the year, was um, over a linebacker, under a safety to Theo Johnson in the first quarter of the Rose Bowl. That seam route. And one of the, the yeah, yeah, a seam route. And one of those that, um, Theo was in, ran the ran the route perfectly. The ball was right where it needed to be. Um, I think he has the ability to stretch the field like um, Gasicki was able to. Mm-hmm. Um, is a little bit of a bigger body, but like you said, you know he'll flex out to that X position. Uh, I, I just I love the versatility in the receiving game. I think it makes um, Penn State so dynamic, and it also honestly takes as we've talked about, takes a little bit of the pressure off the QBs and off the res- the wide receivers to be the only go-to options in the passing game. You can throw a duck um, to Theo Johnson and he'll get it. I feel confident right. about that. Or you could throw a dime to him and he'll catch it too. That's like true. that's, you know, he has, <laughs> but I just, I just really enjoy watching him play. Um, and I'm excited to see, I, I don't necessarily have expectations. I think that, I think he'll actually go over that 30 number um, that you just, that you mentioned with, with his uh, reception total. Um, I could see him having a a Jesse James, Mike Gesicki type touchdown production season where you're looking at double digits, Uh, especially, you know, especially if Penn state season comes to the fruition that, you know, some people have said the potential is out there. If you're playing in extra games, obviously with a potential Bing 10 tournament, a potential playoff berth. If you really want to get, um, you know, crazy, then obviously those extra games are going to just highlight his talent and efficiency in the offense even more. That's a, wow. You're higher on him than I am. It's just tough. Like Fryermuth had those great receiving touchdown seasons because he was a big red zone threat and they couldn't run like the running back. But maybe right. that frees him up even more. 
it's kind of a double-edged sword here. And the, watching these tight ends, especially I think against Illinois, is going to be when we really find out what this room is made of post Brenton Strange. And I, I can't wait to see how they answer the bell. Yeah, true smash mouth game. Um, they'll need to need to be ready for mm-hmm. for sure. No doubt. Um, all right, before we wrap up, last question. Uh, give me a surprise, either player performance, player appearance um, that either comes from the 2023 class or the 2022 class, uh, something unexpected from the tight end room in this 2023 season um, that most Penn State fans are not going to expect. So this is tough. I like Jerry Cross as a ball player. The hard part is he lost a lot of time in his development due to injury and due to losing a season to COVID. So Cross, sure. I think, is still a developmental guy. He was a big, re- like a lot of tight ends are, he was a big receiver in high school. So my, I don't want to call it a hot take, but Andrew, Rapp- Andrew Rappelier didn't early enroll, but was a prep school guy. So a little bit right. older, a little bit more physically developed than your average true freshman. He's going to catch a touchdown pass. That's my prediction. Okay. It could be, you know, maybe against Delaware, maybe against UMass, maybe against Northwestern. Uh, but I think he is that next guy in that room. He's from New England, like Pat Fryermuth. He's he's wearing number 87, like Pat Fryermuth. I think we're going to see those comparisons quickly begin to form. Does he burn a red shirt? Probably not. It's hard to really do that to be tight end number four. But does he go out there and make some moments in uh, in some blowouts that we're like, okay, there's definitely something to work with here. In if they need him in a pinch, they need him. I, I think that's not unrealistic. I love it. Matt, is there anything else um, as the resident tight end whisperer that you want to share with listeners or just get off your chest about this room uh, before we get out of here tonight? No, just this is this is the key to the offense. As weird as that sounds, like this is the unit that I think has to produce at the highest level relative to expectations like I think I think running back can take a bit of a step back and still carry the load I think receiver expectations are so low that it's hard really to assign them anything it's a re-roll at the dice at quarterback I think the offensive line is now deep enough but if the tight ends don't play like we think they're able to play I think the whole offense can kind of implode so it's a lot of pressure, and I'll give Ty Howell credit. He has developed this room at a rate I did not think he was going to be able to do, and I'm just fascinated to see what this group goes out there, what it looks like, what the snap breakdown looks like, and who goes out there and who becomes that security blanket for Drew Aller early on. Well, we're recording this on the evening of August 8th, so I believe we are only 20 five days is that right 25 Tw- days away from kick 25 days away how close we are craig i cannot wait so the answers to our questions are forthcoming um i just want to say thank you to matt for being an enlightening uh guest on tonight's pod talking about tight ends i'm craig fritz um we appreciate you guys hitting subscribe follow us again on apple um Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcast provider. Follow us on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. And don't forget to get all your gear from Homefield Apparel before the season starts. The new Nittany Lion launch is out. It is gorgeous. Get yourself the script Nittany Lion. Use the code RLR23, all caps, all one word, on an email for your first order. If you've ordered before, use a different email. Um, (laughs) And we'll see you... (laughs) 
<laughs> Probably not supposed to give it away the that. game. But but <laughs> uh, what's up? What's next on the schedule, Matt? Before we leave, what can folks expect tomorrow? Yeah, so we're going to wrap up our, our first week of daily podcasts. Which the response has been great. Thank you to everybody for listening. We've had a lot of fun. Definitely, uh, really, I think it's really informative for us just to get back in the swing of things. It, it's a lot of Bill and I in the off season, and it's been great to have nick back and craig back and as matt kind of works his way back in it's been a lot of fun to get the band back together but we have offensive line on friday and then we're back at it with defense and craig's favorite special teams uh next week so we got that coming along Burn those red shirts baby so we are we are rapidly approaching um a really good deep dive into the entire roster and uh, i'm excited to keep things rolling fantastic no you heard it straight from matt uh, stay plugged into Roar Lions Roar, and we'll keep you previewing the season, getting ready for Penn State 2023. That's all for me again, Craig Fritz. Thanks to Matt Flipovitz. Have a great night, everyone, and go State. Go State.